Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today. Welcome to Episode 3 of Potterona. Well, I'm out, I'm out walking the dogs right now, actually, uh, standing out in the field out in Delik. Um, I'm procrastinating, that's what I'm doing, because um, I'm 51, and uh, I, I still haven't had my, uh, I should have my prostate checked, shouldn't I? I should have done it years ago, right? But I just keep putting it off, and uh, um, it's not that I don't mind, it's, it's not that I'm embarrassed about it, it's just that the local doctor is a young, innocent looking guy, and I just can't. I just don't want to ruin his day. I don't want to just come in and, you know, you don't really say, you make an appointment, you go in, and it's only when he sits down at the desk you go, I just don't want to to ruin his day. He's probably having a nice day, and he goes, oh, shit, I've got to stick my finger up this guy's arse. You know, that's kind of what it is. Because I've had loads of arse work done before. I've had... uh, I've had uh, hemorrhoid problems and I've had that operated on in in Dundalk on a Monday. Monday morning in Dundalk Hospital is arse day, actually. Uh, oh, they do all the arse work Monday morning and uh, you arrive into the hospital and there's a queue of people and they've all got arse problems. They're all sitting down uncomfortably and everyone knows. Everyone else knows that you and you know about everyone else that you've got arse problems and that's what's going to happen this morning. You're going to go under the knife and whatever's on your arse is going to be cut out and thrown in a bin. So I've had that done and uh, and, and I was okay with that. So it's it's not that I don't... It's just I don't want to ruin this doctor's day. But anyway, look, whatever, whatever. Anyway, uh, I'm going to introduce the... Uh, Episode 3 of Potter Rooney, it's, uh, I'm talking to Fred Cook, what a really, really nice bloke, a really funny comedian, and it's, uh, he's, a, he's just a dead-on good guy, and uh, it's a really good, we had a really good chat, so I uh, hope you enjoy it. How you doing, Fred? Joe, I'm fantastic. Yeah, good form now. I'm uh, gigging away. By the time this uh, interview comes out, I'll, I will have already have done Vicker Street. So That's brilliant. So hopefully, yeah. So uh, so yeah, hopefully I'll be in, in in good form. Either it'll be either or nothing at that stage. Like so. Oh well, you've sold it out, I presume. No, no, not mm. yet. Like tickets are going okay. You know what I mean? Still mm. a bit of a push, but it's uh, that's the game, isn't it? That's where, that's where it's at, I guess. Just promotion. At this time, this time of the year, it's 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 it's, it's, it's like it's eighty five percent promotion. You know, like the show's there. I'm enjoying the show, but it's you know it's it's a lot of traveling and a lot of uh, a lot of questions. But I'm enjoying it this year. I'm but enjoying you, it. You, do you write a brand new show for? for I have a new Vicker Street show. Mm. Like I haven't done Vicker Street in two years, so uh, I guess Vicker Street's a bit like it's a bit like the leave insert that I had to do it twice, and it's uh, but uh, but so I'm, uh, so yeah, it's a new. I'm always. 
like yourself, Joe, I'm always gigging, you know what I mean? Like, so when you've got so much new stuff, like, what do you do with it? I guess you put a deadline on it and go, look, here's, 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 here's a new show from, like, two years ago anyway, like. Well, that's really good, actually. I am putting myself under pressure now to write a lot more, but in the past, I'm guilty of being lazy and not. I do, I've jokes that I fall into, uh, when I'm getting, when I've new stuff together, uh, when I'm, when I'm getting new stuff together, and I'm still not that confident. I will always fall into the same jokes, you know, to get me through it onto the next thing, you know. But it's, uh, but it's, you know, yourself, it's good for the head to just, uh, if you don't, if you're not turning over stuff, and I'm not parading new material on anyone, uh, but it's just it's good for your head. You enjoy it more, even if there's something small or something new that's in it. You know, you have you, no problem doing old material if, if you know you got something fresh in there that could work. That those little things keep you going, like. No, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I believe if you have something new every time you do a gig, yeah. it gives you that little bit of nervousness that you need. The mm. nerve, uh, mm. because you know this bit might die in its arse. Yeah, it could. Like I, 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 I come up with this bit last week, and I was delighted with it about uh, doing a show when I was starting off uh, in the international bar, and I was only new to comedy. And this couple, I was only two minutes into the show, and they get up in the left. And I don't know, like, if I offended them or what. But then they said, they left the International Comedy Club and they said, look, there must be other comedy clubs around Dublin. Let's go to those ones. So then they went to a second uh, comedy club. Now, little did that couple know that I was doing two shows that night. <laughs> so, 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 they saw you again. They didn't see me again, even though, they were, and ironically, they were trying to get rid of me. And then they had to sit down and look at me again, like, like... Uh, like the MC was like okay give it up for your clothes and act you might have seen this guy before I was like damn right that couple seen me half an hour ago <laughs> either the, there must be massive fans that is class yeah. I'm talking about being, being stalked by a, by a stand up comedian <laughs> yeah. or I, I'm stalking my punters it's the opposite like I'm following those guys yeah exactly the opposite yeah, yeah. so it'd be great if they went to see some uh, you know, someone like Monday or something, and then he just introduces you. <laughs> they come up. So you, you've got Vicar Street coming up. Uh, well, it'll actually be finished by the time this goes out. But mm. uh, are you going to Kells? You said you have a gig in Kells. Um, yeah, I'm doing. Uh, I'm going back to my roots, back to Kells for yeah. one show. You're from Kells, and that's where I'm from. Yeah, uh, I was actually yeah. trying to explain uh, Kells to American people in relate where Kells was in, lo- in location to Ireland and I was saying it's to the east but it's also to the middle so I told I told them I grew up in the Middle East you know and it was that kind of that, that kind of confusion like so uh, but mm. so I'm back in Kells gigging and uh, looking forward to that as well I'm doing it for mental awareness as well I'm giving all my money that I make all 10 euro from the gig <laughs> 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 to make some poor lads stay better which do you do? You go back to Kells and do gigs all the time, do you? Not really, no. no. I go home like around Christmas time, and uh, but I uh, most of the time now uh, I really do get home. Mm. And it's not that I'm too busy either. That's <laughs> an excuse. Can't get home, guys. No, but I can understand why why you you don't want to go back home. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's an element of uh, uh, quantity time as opposed to quality time at home. You know, and I think of a four day rule that I'm up and gone. Four days, that's that's pretty good, actually. <laughs> I mean, I moved to Dublin. I, I grew up in Meath and I was living in Kildare when I finished, when I did the leaving and uh, I couldn't wait to just get to Dublin. Yeah. And then I didn't go home that much. I just, I used to get frustrated. Even if I was just home for one day, I'd be like, 
just miss the balls of Dublin. Yeah, yeah. Mm. There's a different, there's a different energy. But I got I can get fed up with Dublin as well, just as quick these days. Yeah, I know. After you've been living here for a good while now. Yeah, fifteen years. Mm. That's as long as I probably lived in Dublin, and then I bought a house. Uh, Well, bought a house. I got a loan to buy a house, which I'm still paying back. In Dulic. In Dulic, in Mead, yeah. yeah. But you grew up, uh, so you lived all your life in Kells before you came to Dublin? I grew up in in Mead. Oh. Uh, so Kells, yeah, I grew up in Oh, yes, it's in me. Yeah, that's right, Jim. <laughs> you were surprised by the same bit of information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like, I remember being in Cavan and uh, I met this girl from uh, uh, Virginia in Cavan as well. But I, my head wasn't in the ballpark. I was like, she was like, oh, where are you from? And she's like, oh, Virginia. I just didn't assume she was like, from Kells. I was like, oh, Kells. 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 Like, oh, Like, oh, Kells. 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 Like, oh, it's like just nightclub for the night, you know. So yeah, it's a big deal. Even when I was a kid and I heard the town called Virginia in in um, Cavan, is it? Yeah, I uh, I still thought it must be a lovely place. It must be. <laughs> it just sounds amazing. Yeah, it'd be a nice place to start a country and western career. It would. It would. In Virginia, well, yeah. Virginia, Paddy McAvoy. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or Baltimore. Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore, Baltimore Ireland, yeah. There, yeah. And there's a Hollywood in Kildare. There's a Hollywood there? in Kildare. There's one in, in Down as well. Kildare yeah, there's Down. Hollywood in Down, yeah. Mm. I, I, I've been there. Yeah. It didn't work out for me in that Hollywood. Hopefully in the other one it will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so and so, what do, so par- what, do, what, do your, what do your parents do? They're they, both retired now. And, uh, what did they do? What did your father the, do? Uh, Dad was a town clerk. So... Uh, what does that mean? If you Wikipedia town clerk, he he, he wakes the town up with a bell. He rings a bell. <laughs> but he never did that. So after that, I don't know what he did. So I just know he had a suit on him and he disappeared for a few hours. So yeah. Could have been a drug dealer for all I know. I don't know. Like, but uh, he uh, Is it a civil servant of some kind, I presume it is? I think so, yeah, yeah. He was, uh, I don't know, just water charges and stuff like that and uh, organising meetings. He, he's, his last ten years, he worked in the in the Meath County Council as a uh, like a project coordinator. So, you know all those service state companies who need to uh, have uh, organised meetings and stuff like that with each other. He'll organise them and bring them to the Meath County Council in Navan. So that's what he yeah. did. He organised meetings. <laughs> and uh, mom worked in Cal Swimming Pool for yeah. nearly thirty years, uh, uh, doing the accounts and uh, in the office there as well. Like she was the administration behind. Uh, the swimming pool so that's what she did so I grew up in the swimming pool as well like you know because that's the thing like when mom and dad like just built their whole time I guess when they met each other they were dating and and then they uh, and then when they had us that just took up their life you know like my oldest I have an older sister Joanna and younger brother Tim uh, so then like when when we left uh, Timmy, Timmy, Timmy was living in Kells for a while. My younger brother, like at home with mom and dad. Yeah. And then, like he said, he's not fair, mom and dad. I have to move. I have to move. And it, he made it look like he was moving to Australia. The way he talked, like you know, like oh, do you know, it's not fair, mom and dad. This pressure, like so. And he just moved to like the centre of the town. <laughs> like he still, he still, go, he still came home for like his food and stuff like that. Yeah. But he's he, he's seen himself such an heroic thing to do. I had to move out. It wasn't fair, mom and dad. Yeah. You know, going to do it well, like. What does he mean? What do you mean the pressure? Like, okay, you've got uh, one older, which is older? Older brother. Uh, older sister. Older sister. Yeah. 
younger brother. brother. And so when you were when you were growing up, you said you, your mum bring you to the swimming pool and um, like while she was working. Yeah, exactly. She was working yeah. and you were in the swimming pool. Yeah, exactly. So, so you I actually grew up in the swimming pool. <laughs> I actually fell asleep in the baby pool. <laughs> just in, as a thought, yeah, it was fine. Like you know, it was just kind of sitting. Uh, plump in the centre of the baby pool and I just tilted my head and fell asleep like yeah wow what age so were you I'd say it was around uh, 25 I don't know <laughs> I'd say yeah. I was around uh, what age I would have been around three you know three and a half yeah. so and you know I wasn't a natural swimmer and I, like I became a lifeguard through the environment in the swimming pool and but I was never like you know, I came second. The best I ever accomplished in swimming was like in 1992. I became, I became the second best breaststroker for the underage 12 age bracket in Meath. In, in Meath, that's pretty good. Yeah, it was good. It was good. And the oh. only, I could have come first. Only like uh, my goggles went on me. My goggles filled up with water. Mm. So that was uh, so that was as far as it went. But for all the times I went to the swimming club. You know, I just did. I just didn't have that athletic stamina that you generally need. You know, when people are good at sports and they test themselves, and uh, I don't have that. Uh, well, not, not in sports, anyway. Like, yeah, but I mean, who, who, you know, just because you grew up in a swimming pool doesn't mean you have to be exactly, a yeah, yeah, swimmer. Why was there pressure for you to be a swimmer? No, <laughs> was that the idea that your mother had? I'll just leave him in a pool. And we're going to have a champion swimmer here. He'll develop, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel he'll, so he'll inadequate. Evolve. Yeah, I'll never be able to fill that hole. But uh, and did I, the other your brother and sister did they were they in the swimming pool? They were the same as me. Like they went to the swimming club, but they never, uh, they never mm. took it to the next level. I guess. <laughs> You know, there was always, you know, I still meet uh, friends from Kells and uh, like uh, Riley, it's actually she's a Fina Gale counsellor now, Sarah Riley. And like, she's I'm very close to her, she's a year behind me, but her mom was the manager of the swim pool, so I kind of grew up with her. And she, she, and even now is a phenomenally brilliant swimmer. Really? Like, yeah, yeah, she's just great, but she's, you're just kind of born to do it. Like, that's the kind of style. And, but you know, obviously she, she, she trained a lot. There's a picture uh, that I've seen of, both of us recently at a swimming gala in Kells and uh, she comes first and she's she's holding up her medal and uh, I'm I'm beside her just delighted to be in the picture <laughs> yeah, no, that was realism yeah I've, I'm a terrible swimmer and I can't get the hang of uh, using the feet I, I'm uh, it, I don't you know when you're, you're asked to uh, just use mm, your feet mm. I don't move forward yeah, it's amazing. I don't. You go, you probably go backwards, do you? Like sometimes, yeah. Yeah, because I I was a swimming instructor as well, and uh, in David Lloyd in Dublin, and I used to do one on one with uh, with uh, adults and and the uh, one on one classes. And the one guy, you know, I I have him straight with a float, and whatever way he kicked his legs, he always went back. And I tried everything. I really did. Oh, so, so it's not just me. No, no, no. You're not in your own there, Joe. It's really frustrating. Anyway, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. But uh, so, what what do your brother and sister do? Uh, <coughs> he's a lifeguard in Kells. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's a lifeguard, and and, and he he used to manage a pub, but then he left that uh, in the centre of town. And you know, he does a bit of painting as well, like you know, for a few contractors around me as well. Like, so he can. He's a he's an all rounder. He's great. He can do it all. And my older sister works in A and E in Galway. So that can be quite intense. Like she she's manages, a uh, she's a nurse in A and E, like, and she's. Uh, so that's a lot of pressure. Like, uh, so it's okay at times as well. Like she's got 
long irregular hours I guess some people always say to me comedy is tough and I you know it's not easy you know it's a discipline definitely and yeah, but it's not tough I don't no. I, it's it's tough starting now I think the first five years are tough because you're yeah. probably doing gigs for nothing you're probably doing mm. really bad gigs mm. with just five people in, yeah. in the middle of nowhere but compared to a lot of jobs oh completely yeah definitely and do you know like God forbid if a gig goes bad do you know you just you kind of have to put it behind you learn from it you know if you made the mistakes but uh you know, you're not, you're not, it's not that responsible of a job. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, you no have one's to, gonna die. No, God, hopefully not. You're gonna die, yeah. but uh, no one else is gonna die. Yeah, there's uh, recovery in it. Um, yeah, I mean, just, just the fear people have of standing in front of people talking. And yeah, so that's why they say it must be the hardest job in the world. But, but you know, mm. I always find as well when, when people say that, like, I've I've, I've very good friends and some of them you know like now I'm not saying I'm the representation of crack in Ireland I'm a laugh you know what I mean I, I kind of do my gigs and I, I enjoy it mm. uh, but some of my mates are quite dry and like to be very quiet men you know what I mean and, and like they wouldn't the stage wouldn't uh, suit them I wouldn't think you know what mm. I mean like and and like there are the people who will say I don't know how you do it and God you wouldn't see me up there you wouldn't see me up there and I'm kind of going oh, thank God <laughs> not a fiend like thank God you're not uh, <laughs> thank God you're not up there and and you know and, and then secretly there's a there's a maybe there's a darker place inside me going who's asking you no one's asking you to get up there in the first place so you're, you're getting this conversation from nowhere you know what I mean like yeah. I, don't, I don't go up to a bomb disposal expert you know outside of some shopping centre in Belfast when he's trying to work on oh, how do you Tell you, you wouldn't see me put that outfit on. <laughs> like no one's asking me to do it. Like, yeah, I do. You probably feel compelled for some reason to get in front of an audience. Do you, is that how you feel about it? I love the performance, yeah. the attention. Yeah. That's it. I, I don't think there's a part of uh, having to. Yeah, definitely compelled uh, to perform. That's <laughs> my name when you show compelled to com- perform. <laughs> compelled to perform, uh, but it's that's yeah, it. And like, there's something about your act which is really on the edge like it doesn't looks like I'm sure you do know exactly what you're doing but mm. this part of it where you looks like you don't know what's coming next yeah yeah I think um, maybe that's because I laugh at my material as well like so it's almost like there's a thought process but I'm just laughing about how old the jokes are <laughs> like but uh, yeah it's there is that it's taking well, like there's me, a it's, controlled kind of chaos yeah Comfort and chaos, which is brilliant. I love it. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Well, that's that's. Yeah. I think that's why I like it. It's taken me a few years to get to that level. You know what I mean? Like, because I kind of just kept my own style. You know, and uh, a stage manager said to me a few months ago, he goes, "Fred, you're anti-comedy," and like, I, I don't want to be anti-comedy. You know what I mean? I want to be like. What does that mean? It means that I. Well, I th- that's what I asked him. I went. This is what I like. So I said, "What do you mean? Like, I'm anti-comedy? It's like." It's like you don't answer to, uh, uh, I don't know, like I'm I'm not trying to be snobby about this. This is just what he said, you know what I mean? Like he says, oh, like you don't, uh, you don't, uh, you're not like all the other comedians, you know what I mean? Like you're kind of, you're kind of on edge and uh, it's a bit chaotic, you know what I mean? Like, and it doesn't, it doesn't answer to the normal styles of, of what comedy is. So That's not anti-comedy. It, that's the thing. That's, that's exactly that. No, I'm, and I'm agreeing with you with that. That's why mm. I was annoyed because I don't want to be that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be, uh, uh, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to think that, oh, I'm going, you know, I'm, 
I'm going against uh, the structures here because I'm not. I'm quite. I'm quite. But there is no structure. I mean, there are structures, and I, I, I can understand maybe what he's saying. What he's saying is a lot of new comedians coming up <coughs> uh, have uh, really precisely written material, yeah, and yeah. the, the ba ba ba. There's the punchline. You know, I know. But when you're on stage although yeah, of course you're doing material that you've done before but it's always different you, I mean I could watch mm, you mm. doing the same material ten times in a row and ne- you'll never deliver it the same way necessarily there's all well there's always be an element of yeah of chaos yeah yeah, yeah. that's what I that's what I love and mm. performance is big with you your performance mm. yeah. but if, if I can get that out to the most people possible that's what I want to do you know what I mean like really I just want to perform to more people yeah and so that's it. So that's Did you do any like, like performance when you were in school, or not? Re- like, you know, I was in I was in school choirs, but you know that was quite, I was quite physically limited <laughs> in my school choir days. Physically uh, limited. Yeah, like you know, like I oh, know, just because I, I just go, I'd be so wild on stage physically at times, jumping around the stage that if you're if you're stuck between in the middle of ten bass singers, you know, I, I can't really let loose. So even back then, you you couldn't stop moving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when did you did you go straight to college after school then or I went like to, when did you uh, leave Cal's like, did, did you leave well I went school? to boarding school in, sec- in secondary school to Cavan oh. St. Pat's and Cavan so I was young enough I was, was that like uh, tough at times uh, but only because I was so sensitive as a kid you know like it wasn't uh you know, looking back, I I often feel if I could return to my uh, and I'm oh okay, I'm still young, but if if I could return uh, to my teenage years, I wish I had more fun, and I was a bit more lackadaisy about stuff. You know what I mean? I was very sensitive. I questioned, like, why is such and such saying such, and why why is such going on? You know what I mean? I was very, just very vulnerable, sensitive kid. No, that's nothing you can change, though. That's your yeah, of course, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly, Joe. Back then, I couldn't have changed, but if, if I could go back. I guess you know it's almost like trying to give yourself a hug from the kid that you ah, were. You know what I mean, I, like I that kind of stuff. Now I've always felt that. Uh, yeah, there's something about going back. Um, I had this weird thing. <laughs> this is very strange. But when I was a young child, about uh, eight or nine, I didn't know any adults that I could relate to. Mm. I could, I, and I and I I uh, I kind of made a pact with myself that when I grew older. I would remember what it was like to be yeah. that eight or nine year old, which is weird. I must have felt really isolated. Yeah, that I had to uh, make that pact with myself to remember what it was like to be a child and how isolating it was. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing, yeah. isn't it? Like, yeah. yeah. So I do feel like I. And as you're be, saying, mm, give a hug to that boy, that yeah, young boy. Yeah, yeah. I do feel like I would. Feel, mm. obviously, yeah care for that young child yeah exactly and uh, like there's moments but you know what there's moments in Cavan as well like I don't think it was healthy uh, to have so many uh, lads living together uh, and you know and the priests that were looking after us were fantastic men they were brilliant men like and uh, mm. like you know nothing ever happened to me thank God and it was uh, and I no nothing happened to any, was any that, other was students was that like, happening in school no not, well, not, no. not when I was in St. Pat's mm. uh and but it's uh, it's it's uh, you know it was just just you know I remember uh, like we ran first year and second year like we've all been to study hall 
uh, there's around 250 of us lads you know you do three hours you sit down for three hours each night to study like and and uh, you just kind of I've 300 lads looking in the one direction uh, with a prefect looking back at you all and you're going I was part of me thinking this can't be right do you know what I mean it can't be uh, yeah. you know and you, you but, but on the on the other side you and know, what, what was, age were you when you first went to boarding school I would have been 13 to 17 13, 14, 15, 16 yeah 17 yeah. those five years and that's quite a, <coughs> a difficult age. It is, yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, but saying a boy would, um, girls are a bit more developed to that. Mm, like mm. Boys aren't. I often felt that as well. That it, like I think girls can be a bit more meaner. Uh, like I think lads will just fight it, fight it out if they have to. You know what I mean? Like like face to face. Uh, yeah, but I always think in in, in girls' boarding schools as well. I don't know. This is just my my feeling of it. Uh, they can be uh, at that age group. They can be slightly more, uh, 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 just be a bit more uh, controlling or mean to each other, rather than just being straight up uh, on the front if there was any problems. Yeah, I think girls can be a bit vicious at that age. Yeah, right? vicious. They're yeah, very cliquey. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and manipulate situations. Manipulate, manipulate situations. Manipulate, yeah, yeah. They're they're good at that. They have different brains. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. They're they're two steps ahead. But I would have thought that's tough. I would. I just thinking about it when I was thirteen. I mean, when I was thirteen, my my uh, my mother was dead and my father was <laughs> insane. Mm. But uh, at the same time, I would have. I don't know what it would be like to go to boarding school. Um, it suits some guys, you know. It's I if I kids myself. I don't know if I'd. It depends on how strong their character is mm. uh, to, to send them. Because I was lucky with music; music helped me a lot, you know. And as I said, with the, uh, with the with, listening with to the music, choir, or uh, singing the whole lot, like you yeah. know, like I guess Radiohead and Oasis was a big thing back then, and you know, I, I loved it. And uh, but you know, even yeah, singing uh, requires, uh, you know, just just the social situation it gave me like was good. Uh, because I was lucky as well there was, a, there was a music teacher who came in in my year Kieran Tackney who still teaches there musical genius he's an incredible man and he's he uh, but he did so much for the, for the music in St. Pat's because and it's not that they didn't have like performance or stuff before that you know when he restored the organ in the church and he uh, he he also uh, like he started it was the first tenor tenor bass choir in Ireland was us yeah. you know all boys choir like wow. it was just a uh, and we travelled as well, you know, like we, we sang with uh, choirs in Northern Ireland. Uh, so it was just, it was good to have that because I wasn't, I've no, football is also a big thing and handball, got to eat handballs with Calvin. <laughs> you <have Yeah>. to, <laughs> on your first day, you go into the handball alley and you have to eat a handball in front. Oh no, only joking. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, but it's, for a moment uh, there, I thought that, that was some kind of <laughs> ritual that they put the boys through. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eat a handball, then you're in the gang. Yeah, and then, so was, handball was a big thing. But I played So handball. sport wasn't your thing? Not really. I mean, I got good at handball to a certain level. I had a really good serve, but uh, if they could return the serve, I was in trouble. <laughs> so that... That was you kind of like, who, you know, who cares that you weren't great at handball? Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so uh, music, uh, where you did you learn to play guitar yourself, or like what you play guitar, you play keyboards, yeah, piano, yeah, piano, and guitar, or my my, my your, main your instruments. two instruments. Yeah. So how did you self-taught or? 
piano I got piano lessons in fifth class fourth class uh, I went like so I went up to grade two uh, and then so it was but you know that was another thing as well because sister Catherine was, was our piano teacher and I think I don't think she was well back then I've, like she was she I go in and sit beside her in the convent uh, with the piano in front of us and she would talk for an hour and a half about her stories in America and they were brilliant stories do you know what I mean like, and then I'd get up and I'd leave and my <laughs> fuck yeah 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 honestly like and uh, and like and mom was like how was your how was it with Sister Catcher and I was like great yeah it's great like you know very interesting lady and she was and then my, my sister would go in after after me and she'd sit down for an hour beside her and she'd give the same story amazing stories like she'd sometimes she'd give the same stories a week later uh, all about to do with crime and stuff like because she was an American nun so she could talk about the ghetto you know like is she actually American? she was American, American yeah and, and yeah. she moved to she moved to Kells but you know and then like but then like you had a ex- piano exam in two weeks and the pressure why did she move to Kells? why didn't an American nun end up yeah okay I honestly, I honestly don't know Joe mm. but uh, and she told you stories about yeah her life in, her life in America what she grew up in a rough area or something yeah oh, she was a she didn't Get go up in a rough area, but then the location that she was put in, she was, yeah, she was Muppy Goldberg. And, uh, <laughs> she was as close as I ever got to Muppy Goldberg in Kells. So, but she, I honestly, I just sit there and she would, she would talk about all these different stories. My sister would go in and, uh, and then like this, this would go on for like two years, you know. And then, so and when you think, went into exam, it was yeah, I was had a clue. I hadn't a clue, but I, man, I could have told him all about the ghetto in New York. Yeah. Oh man, that's nuts. Yeah, yeah. So, um, was, uh, 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 but but music, you were into music. Was oh, it I loved big it. Thing yeah. yeah. Oh, and still am like uh, mad about music. Uh, like I, like I went to UCD and studied music. Mm. Uh, that, so that's why I have an honors degree. Like For, uh, straight after school was that? Well, this is the best bit. So I went to <laughs> so I went to St Pat's and Cavan. And then I repeated leave insert in an all-girls school in Kells. Whoa! Yeah, how did that happen? Incredible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. What age were you? I was trying to. I was uh, so nineteen. Repeating. So you're nineteen, 19 and yeah. you're in all-girls school. Eighteen to nineteen. Did that worked out well for you. Amazing. Yeah, I went up. Yeah, I think I went up nearly like 170 points. In, no, no, that's not much credit to how I did the first time around. First <laughs> either, like, but uh, yeah, so. It was amazing, and it was. But not only that, I was there with my good mates of mine, like you know, Podge McNamee from Ham Sandwich. Yes, he repeated with me as well. Like, oh. The two of us for the year, and like I, I've known Podge like all my life. So we were just the first day. I remember the two of us walking around Jamaica <laughs> with loads of girls. Going, how did we? How did we pull this one off? It's beyond me. Like, was this a thing that happened regularly? Yeah, it still yeah. does. To take in, oh. to take in five lads every year into the convent. Is it because girls are a better influence because you've wasted your because you were distracted because of yeah, exactly. all this messing and yeah. you go to a girls school there they do I know girls actually bring boys grades up apparently in mixed schools yeah yeah but boys bring girls grades down all oh, right apparently yeah I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised because hmm. I you know and I think I think where that comes from is. Uh, uh, when you're looking for attention in, in all boys school and St. Pat's and Cav and like you know it was it was almost like they expected you to act Egypt and acting the Egypt you know you got you got validation from it yeah uh, being the clown and your grades were obviously affected from it 
But uh, and you didn't care like looking at the idiot. But when, when you sit down with loads of girls, you know, I didn't want to look like an idiot in front of him. You know what I mean? I almost tried to become this kind of, <laughs> you know, this kind of. Uh, do you know? I just, 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 just started becoming a bit sane and getting through it. Do you know what I mean? Just going, look, I have stuff here to study and I have stuff to do. But there, there is a, there is a period for having a laugh, and uh, it's, do you know, it, it was just a wonderful school. So you probably matured. I did. I probably mm. did in that year. Mm. Is that how you started? Got the comedy bug? Is it from acting the ages, or is that yeah, a maybe thing? so? I think uh, I, I said to someone there last week about maybe like maybe it comes from the uh, fighting for irregularity inside of such boredom. And God, I was so bored in Cavan sometimes. You know what I mean? Like just sitting in the study hall with like loads of lads looking the same direction. Do you know, and you'd be you'd be crying out for the messers. Do you mm. know what I mean to to uh, to have a laugh like, and it's so there's something about a school environment uh, uh, like that where you, it's a very surreal. You, you have moments of clarity where you yeah, go, "This yeah. is ridiculous. This yeah. is insane." <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 and it makes you want to do something nuts. Yeah, to mm. like you think, what if I? I don't know. I did, yeah. I'm. I, I've had this thing. Where I used to have this thing where you'd be talking to a man who was a real, a real man, man, yeah. like a a, a, a politician or a, a farmer, and, I, and I'd always have this thing in my head. Would go, what if I kissed him now? <laughs> <laughs> it's just the maddest thing that he yeah, wouldn't. Yeah. It would just blow his mind. <laughs> there was, and it was. Uh, mm. I remember, like in. I keep I keep coming back to the study hall, but I remember one time Father Owl he became the uh, the principal of the school, but he was this year he was in charge of maintenance in the school. So like if you know if a light went somewhere or something like that, or you know the heating around the school, and he came into us in the study hall one night, and we had this uh, young lady kind of supervising us, you know, teacher probably in her mid twenties, and. Uh, and Father always says, "Okay, we're getting uh, the fuse board in the school sorted." So this is the, this is like half seven in the evening. I'll never forget it. It was half seven, like St. Pat's was it was around a mile out, so there was no lights around the school, bar the lights inside of the school. Right. So like when the lights went out, it was pure black. Uh, and Father always said, "Okay, there's going to be a uh, there's going to be an electricity cut just for like a minute." Uh, it, so just letting you know this, uh, right? And then he walked away, and uh, and we're all there knowing that the lights are going to go out uh, in in a few seconds, like in in thirty seconds. And the lights went out, and you couldn't see anything. And for a minute, I never witnessed such chaos. <laughs> it was while there was lads of lighters jumping up in the desks. There was first years getting into headlocks. There was there was that that so it's like this is like chaos. this one minute when everyone could just do what they oh, wanted. Wild. It yeah, was mental. I'll never forget it. And I was You weren't seen. Yeah, yeah, you exactly, you know, and it was and I'll never forget the uh, the, the, the supervisor Settle down, settle down there lads, settle down and it was I was just crying with laughter, but uh, like I just and but that was the idea that when the lights came back on that everyone was like some people were naked. <laughs> were. There was, but those lads with their tops off swinging their jumpers. 
It was, it was <laughs> and like it was. I do remember the lights came on. <laughs> they were a bit. They lost the run of themselves. You know, they were a bit embarrassed. It kind of. It was like when uh, what was it, Adam and Eve, and he ate the, he ate the apple, and he, be, he became embarrassed about his own body. All of a sudden, he was like, oh, "What have I done? What have I done?" <laughs> he apologized. Oh, oh no, God is back. Oh, <laughs> exactly. No. The lights were on, and uh, <laughs> I just start picking up fig leaves. Yeah. <laughs> and like those first years of crying because like they were being hit there was like there was there was there was second years going up to fourth years like preempted planning when the lights are going out I'm going to punch that lad in the face he'll never know it's me it was whatever you wanted to do in that minute you had to do like and it was I was just crying laughing with the sounds around me and and when I talk about the irregularity in the boredom do you know what I mean that was one minute to just go wild you know to let loose uh, yeah. almost like on edge of your own sanity just go this is it I've got one minute to go wild so That's bloody good idea maybe it should ha- it should uh, it should happen every day exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> one minute where you can do whatever you like yeah <laughs> instead of the Angelus <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> and now you can do whatever you like for the one minute, minute. <laughs> it'd be very hard to settle down and watch the news after I would love that. to watch that Angelus so instead of people pausing for prayer you just see people going nuts punching each other swinging their jumpers and running across fields and <laughs> jumping into <laughs> jumping into lakes yeah, yeah. <laughs> hugging the Paddy Calvinist statue crying beside him like you know like I don't know just go wild <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. Mm. It just goes to show that everybody, everybody, it wasn't just you that was feeling there was this, you know, you always feel isolated when you think it's only, is it only me that mm. thinks this is mm. insane? Mm. Yeah. And actually it's everybody, mm. but no one can express it. Yeah. There was moments as well, I remember, because uh, I remember wake up in the middle of the night and you, you go to the toilet, the urinals are at the end of the corridor and it's was, it was a long enough, you know, just kind of boarding school corridors with, uh, you know, you could hear your your steps on the floor, and uh, and it was like it was like it was it might have been around like four in the morning, and uh, and like the place was quiet. Do you know? There was no everyone was asleep, mm. and I was like I was like on fucking hell. I, I could walk into town now. <laughs> no one would care. You know what I mean? Like yeah. no one's in charge right now. No one. You know? Like it's like I it's like I own the place almost. You know? Like. And that almost sounds a bit kind of romanticising it, like you know, like almost like there's a loneliness, like and like in Paddy Cavan in his skin road, he's he's king of every blooming thing. He's walking down the road, but he, he's surrounded by nobody, so he owns the area around him. Right, it, uh, you know, there was there was a bit of that. Uh, there was a bit of that. I almost found comfort in the loneliness sometimes. Do you know what I mean? That oh, it was, yeah. yeah, I did like you know, and it's. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, I would always feel that I got into it's probably a bad habit actually. But when I was feeling down, I would go out in these long walks on my own, and I'd feel great. I romanticise it as some kind of yeah, you know, yeah, thing with nature. And stuff. Yeah, but it's probably a little bit unhealthy itself. Oh, completely. Yeah, it's something that I'd say you'd have to. Yeah, it's good to have friends from the outside looking in, isn't yeah. it? And it's uh, when you, when you're that age, everyone's. Uh, out for themselves you know what I mean kind of except for mates if you can have the crack you know I wasn't uh, I, w- I probably wasn't a sharp some of the lads are so funny you know what I mean like the, the horrible thing about St. Pat's was like the biggest bullies were the funniest people going at times really was, yeah yeah like I'd be crying laughing and like to be bad apples you know like you're just kind of looking back they probably weren't maybe they weren't that I mean? funny yeah yeah yeah, yeah, but yeah there is that thing where the tug is actually quite or at least charismatic you know, yeah, the, yeah, the nastiest yeah. 
psycho. Yeah, you do have yeah. charisma, and you go, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there was just mm. that element. Mm. So, but anyway, you had so to. So then repeat. I went to Eureka. I went sorry? to. I went to Eureka. What's Eureka? Oh, that was sorry. That's where I repeated the leaving search. It's called Eureka. Yeah. Is that I found it. It's Latin for I found it. All right. Yeah, Eureka. Mm. Right. And uh, okay. so that was that was great and it's a great year. Uh, then I uh, the evens because it was an all girls school. Yeah. Uh, like like we were legitimately allowed to take part in everything. <laughs> like Podge, uh, he even took part in the sports day. <laughs> all girls school. I'm not joking. Like, and he was really proud. Like he couldn't see beyond it. Like he was like, he loads of gold medals and everything. Like leaving them. Like they even ran out of like gold st- gold medals to give them. Like he was like, even though he was the only lad in the sports day of an all girls school like he was like oh I came first in the tug of war Fred <laughs> I came first in the sprint he's like come on you're a lad like you know like, don't, it's not fair like to be taking part in the sports day yeah right I suppose you have a physical advantage yeah yeah you exactly yeah yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah so, but was it good uh, romantically as well being did you hang out with girls in that way yeah uh, mm. I I dated I dated a girl uh, the summer after leaving church uh, that I met in Eureka mm. and sh- but yeah it was kind of was it a bit I didn't want to yeah I didn't want to uh, oh god there's a horrible there's this metaphor that a friend of my name uses and it's it sounds a bit crass but there's sense in it like that uh, you I know not like you don't want to piss in your chips <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, like you don't shit on your own doorstep. Yeah, exactly, kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought pissing your chips was bad, but you said shit on your own doorstep. <laughs> you don't want to shit in your chips. Yeah, why would you piss on your chips? <laughs> I mean, I could understand why you might shit on your own doorstep because <laughs> you it's outside the house and you, you maybe you should just go to the ditch and shit in there, but you're too tired. Yeah, yeah. But. Why, why would you piss on your chips There's no, that's going out of your way to piss on your chips you know it's not because you're too lazy to piss to to somewhere so else you know? yeah 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 uh, I could piss over there but, but I'm that's it. my chips I think if I if I went out, if I went out somewhere and, and I anyway so room. you did yeah but uh, so it was the whole idea that you wanted to do music in yeah, college absolutely yeah From like uh I that was music. the only course. Know, that was what you wanted to do. That was your ambition. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I wanted to be involved in music. Yeah, and uh, and it's it, it's funny, uh, uh, like uh, speaking to you now, Joe, because uh, it's only inst- I only got into stand up comedy when I went to UCD. Really, like uh, when I when I seen, and my first gig ever uh, was doing an open spot before you in a student bar in UCD. Yeah. And uh, I was, uh, I brought. I remember you. I brought. I brought loads of friends as well. Like you, kind yeah. of. It came in early. Like it was packed anyway. And you're like, oh, hello, everyone, and friends, friends. Like you know, it was that kind of thing. You know, that's what oh, you did said. I? Yeah, yeah. But that was that was my first gig. I, mean, and I think I kind of remember that. Yeah, in the bar, wasn't it? It was in the bar. Mm. Yeah, mm. and it was. Mm. I was so. Uh, and the girl that I was seeing at the time as well. She was. She. Uh, we broke up since then, but she was more nervous Can you for come me. Into the mic yeah, she was. She was yeah. more nervous for me than yeah. than I was. I've never. Okay, I I have nerves before I go on stage, but it's never affected me. Not like PJ or Ardle. Like it hasn't affected them when they go on stage. PJ Gallagher, Ardle, PJ Gallagher, and Ardle Hannan. Yeah, yeah, they're very nervous before they. Go yeah, on. but I'd be the opposite. Yeah, like to the extent that I'd have to, <laughs> I'd struggle after a gig. 
you know, it's almost, oh, like because I get so yeah, yeah, because what I'm so that? involved in the energy levels, uh, and uh, I guess I, it can it can get. I have so much fun performing it that when I walk off stage, I don't know what to be doing with myself. Do you know what I mean? It's it's so you kind of feel it down because you yeah, enjoyed being on stage exactly. So much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just walk off stage. Uh, it's like I have to get a taxi go straight to Thunderland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just put me in the roller coaster. I'll come down on that. You know, yeah. it's such a it's such a kick performing. With the, with that, like. the, I don't get that now because of maybe. The, the longevity of my career but but when I started out for the first five six years the adrenaline rush I yeah. used to get from a gig yeah oh uh, yeah I can understand that I and mean, that's why you'd go drinking or yeah you know, exactly drugs or yeah yeah you just wanted didn't want to come down yeah yeah um there is there is there definitely there definitely is that and uh, mm. like it's straight I remember like you do gigs and then you come off stage and you're with your mates and they're talking to you but it's like you're I can't even take it in do you know yeah. I couldn't even yeah like they're like do you know like I've uh, I've got I've got lovely friends who uh, like I guess they just care about me more than and if I'm happy in comedy that's fine you know what I mean like but they don't like if I did it like if you know like they don't care how good or bad the gig went do you know what I mean like they're just talking to me on a level every day of the week so and when those kind of mates are at my gigs you know what I mean and I've just come off stage and I'm kicking it and then and then I could just sit down beside this guy and he'd be like so you heard Johnny got his job back there yesterday <laughs> it's so normal you know what I mean like it's so kind of uh, it's so uh, you probably think I can't talk about something no I'm a god <laughs> you see <laughs> what I just did people love me <laughs> <laughs> so maybe like yeah, yeah maybe it is, there's a bit of that but I, I don't think you know I don't there's, there's just that, that association of of depression with, with comedians as well, which I don't think. I think it's the same across the board statistically with different professions. I just think comedians are more vulnerable to it through media and stuff because we put ourselves out there on stage. Like, like I think Jimmy Carr says uh, that you'd need uh, there must be a, a massive uh, black part of your soul that you're trying to fill to be validated to get up on stage night after night and make strangers laugh. You know. And, uh, you know, sometimes I think, is he right or wrong? But I just think, I just, I want to make, I want to perform in front of those strangers. But at the same time, I do want to be validated as well, like, through the performance. Yeah. So, I, I don't know if it's that dark. I, then maybe there is. I mean, mm. well, I've gone through tough times, but yeah. so have lots of people. Exactly, lots of plumbers exactly. Plumbers and taxi drivers and. Yeah, exactly. Like, if. You know, it's not just comedians, isn't it? No, it's not. It and definitely isn't. In fact, I've always found that, that uh, well, I've, sorry, there was probably one, two times when I was going through a rough time. The one time I was happy was on stage. Yeah. I forgot about everything. Yeah. I, like, and it mm. completely gone then for a good few hours afterwards. But So anyway, you what did you, uh, why did you want to do stand-up? Why did you, like, you were doing music, you were studying music. Yeah. So what made you want to do stand-up? Uh, I was... It was kind of slow realization, and then it hit me. It was just, it was like uh, I used to do the uh, comedy debates in UCD. So, uh, like you remember Theatre L and Theatre M? I, I booked you for a few of them, like back then. Yeah. And uh, it was so it was so like I was asked before the main debate starts uh, with five quiet. It was called uh, the correspondence, where you're meant to talk about the letters that come into like the Law Society or like stuff like that. And so, but I never did. I just did jokes five minutes of jokes 
and Joe, I stole your jokes. I'll tell you now, like back in in uh, what I did, I did. I stole. Uh, uh, I remember the first time I made three hundred people cry laughing, and uh, it was now. Come on, I wasn't getting paid for it, Joe. I was only a kid. I, know, I, didn't, no, know, I no, didn't know no, what no, it was. Like. Actually, I know, I know. Uh, but it was the mm-hmm. it was the it was the it was the Trinity versus UCD uh, debate, and uh, so I'm kind of making fun of, and I used. I used your I used your lines and people were crying laughing oh. and you know I was like it was about uh, if you if you don't mind me saying it about Irish go names ahead. go ahead about yeah. Schnockter who do you hear about Schnockter oh, Schnockter right, was yeah. shifting lemon Orja. oh my god she 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 she, she was with Cork and Millish last week and I I looked around and I never I never thought it could create such laughter do you know yeah. what I mean like and I was probably slightly delusional as well you didn't it was me exactly <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> but back then I couldn't see that. I couldn't. I couldn't make. The, I was like, "Well, I'm present." You know what I mean? Like I'm presenting oh, no, it, and uh, but uh, it yeah. was like for someone I did my first gig with, and then like to start making people laugh. The first time I ever made people laugh was your was your material. <laughs> you probably delivered it better. Uh, that's know. why I have to ring you about Fergus Street on Friday if you don't mind giving me a few more jokes. Cause, uh, <laughs> Just take them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but it was that it was making people laugh in in comedy debates, and then, do you know, uh, and were you booked? Well, you said you were booked. You booked me a couple of times. Were you in yeah. uh, some society? Was it comedy a, society? Comedy it was society, the auditor yeah. of the comedy society, right. and I was a disaster. I ran in it. I handed over to Simon O'Keefe. But mind you, I when I when I handed over to Simon, there was sixty three cents left in the account. So, it was, which is kind of good because I didn't go into the red as well. You know what I mean? Like I kind of paid out. Everyone for the gigs and it was that's probably good. Because exactly, I remember yeah. going out. I was going out with a girl who was who was going to UCD, and she was in, or her friend, sorry, was in the Tequila Society. Mm. The tequila <laughs> society. Uh, they just had a. They just get free tequila, whatever. But uh, they would. Uh, they just uh, had a checkbook for the society. Mm. They had some, you know, and they would just go on the rip. Yeah. on the last day of the society so that the following people who took over the society next year would have, have a debt would have a debt no way go, who cares it's not our debt yeah, it's yeah, yeah. so you know 63p is pretty good 63p was good yeah thanks yeah. Joe yeah. I, bu- I booked you for I booked you Ian Coppinger and Dennis Bishop in Theatre L for Freshers Week yeah and it was great because such a successful gig I think I think if we had another 2,000 people join the society the next day like you know what I mean like on that so it was uh, cool. So it was, but I, I so then I was doing all these comedy debates, and like I guess a lot of the jokes were kind of, in UCD were kind of in jokes as well. They were making fun of like the ends officer, the president, and stuff, and they were kind of easy gags, and yeah. half of them weren't even mine anyway. <laughs> you know, they weren't like. But I didn't, mm. you know, I didn't think, you know, I didn't know about like proper stand up, like like lads in the international bar, lads in town. You know, like yeah, yeah, uh, they like, weren't gay. You weren't doing gay. No, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't, oh, and that's yeah. that's when I. Uh, so then when I, uh, so then when I did graduate in UCD and I, I went looking for gigs in town and stuff, mm. I realised oh, I have to, uh, I have to, <laughs> I have to have my own jokes. I have to, and I didn't, I didn't, yeah. and uh, not only that, but uh, the, the cozy bubble had burst. I was like, I was anonymous. Like, no, no one knew me. Mm. Uh, uh, you upstairs in the Hapenny. I remember doing a gig upstairs in the Hapenny bar, and there was four old lads drinking pints of Guinness, looking at me. You know, <laughs> no matter who I was, these guys are hard to make laugh. You know, so and they didn't know the Ents officer. No, slagging no, off. Exactly. Yeah, they didn't. <laughs> they knew none of that, Joe. So, it was, mm. so, it was, so it was that kind of. Uh, and you said, you know, the first five years is 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 your hardest. 
it is starting off like and it's uh, so you know I, I so how you started off doing the little the clubs in town yeah yeah clubs in town and just built and it up slowly is it that's it so slowly Cork I couldn't really get gigs in the international bar maybe like two a year there was such a waiting list for what? open spots are you serious well okay so maybe three well, okay, three I know, year I know, okay. You're three saying, year three you, year yeah, everybody wanted to do stand up suddenly uh, when I started yeah. out there was about probably 10 maybe 20 people did yeah so amazing you could, yeah. you could get gigs well, yeah. there wasn't as many gigs but mm. yeah uh, but then loads of people yeah loads of people Father Ted, Father Ted. I think Ted's Bishop's success as well yeah uh, 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 people wanted to do that as they wanted to stand up again and stuff and but uh but yeah, it's just so I used to go to Cork. I used to maybe I went to Cork uh, six times a year. Mm-hmm. So and I wasn't. I was still slowly getting into it. You know, I didn't even know if, if I wanted to do it. And uh, and had you qualified? For, what did you yeah, do in UCD? Uh, I studied uh, music. So I've uh, yeah. musicology. So I've musicology. Uh, I have an honors degree from uh, UCD. Nice. And it's uh, but it's all uh, musical analysis and debate. It's more kind of academic. I think for me to continue, I'd need to do a PhD or, or the H-step, do the H-step and become a teacher. Do you know, I, I, I should have, like, not that I should have, but I, I, I could have done that. Yeah. But I decided, look, if I'm going to uh, do stand-up, I might as well just try to do it properly. And I think I, w- I was lucky to meet Dylan Moore and Kilkenny, like maybe uh, 10 years ago, and he says that if you want to do stand-up, uh, the irony about it is is that you need you just need to be available, but you also need to survive. You need to be independent you know so getting a job ironically helps you if you want to be a full time comedian you need to get it it doesn't matter what it is stacking shelves or anything you know what I mean like just something that you don't a job that you don't care about but is supporting you to a certain extent that if you get a phone call at 6 o'clock you, you can you, oh guys I have to leave I'm sorry I'm gone sack me if you want right you know, yeah those kind of jobs I know does he mean that you would have financial independence so you you don't have to do gigs that you don't want to do is that what it means uh, I mean you don't have to do some I just think you just went for the sake of surviving because you're right, not you're okay, not going to get yeah. paid straight away in stand up, yeah. uh, but you still need your independence. Yeah. So if you don't have the comfort of home, uh, well, everyone, most people thankfully do have the comfort of home. You know what I mean? Like, but you need to be uh, independent of mind as well. Mm. Uh, so and it's and to still live comfortably and travel, you know, like uh, just just having and I had so many I was uh, like I, I became a lifeguard in, in David Lloyd Centre oh, in Plumski so that was that the first job you did after leaving yeah, college after yeah. leaving UCD like, I went yeah. straight, after I have a music degree I went straight into lifeguarding and uh, well you grew up in some bull <laughs> exactly yeah yeah, yeah. just going home it's what I knew it's what I knew I couldn't break it so how long did you do that for the, the lifeguard a few years yeah yeah where, where well I did it through college yeah. uh, so I got it through college it was oh, great okay. uh, like every weekend I went home to Kells uh, so, so Saturday and Sunday I uh, worked in Kells Wimpel most weekends uh, and then uh, I uh, then I started a full time lifeguard in David Lloyd Centre uh, and became a swimming instructor as well and this is like after my UCD uh, uh, days but I was always at that stage I was hanging out comedy gigs more you know what I mean like that's when I kind of got to know you a bit better socially and uh, and it's and then you know I was starting to get paid for open spots so it was ever since that and I had different jobs up until 2008 uh, my last job before I stand up was uh, I was a services steward in the Smurfit School of Business in Black Rock a services steward what does that mean it just means uh, <laughs> it sounds more <laughs> it sounds more raunchier than what it really was and uh, it was what it was, was it doesn't uh, sound raunchy <laughs> believe me 
if you might have it, found it did. It was a, uh, it was a, uh, it was just you know in college those guys if you needed to know where a classroom was, there was this uh, headquarters or you needed to book a room. Yeah, uh, those guys that you had to go through them. So okay. I was one of those people. Okay, okay, and uh, and that that was so that, that was, was it. You, you did the, the lifeguard and you did this. Yeah, services. That was it. So any other? I jobs? worked in chapters. Uh, upstairs in chapters in a second hand shop yeah. in chapters so I loved that that was great fun uh, yeah. but then I was part I was part of the move when they moved to Parnell Street uh, okay. so then I kind of lost my control then you know what I mean everything was kind of brought to the till uh, I was kind of at a cosy bubble upstairs uh, when I was in Abbey Street and it was great because you'd be buying in stuff and selling stuff and just talking about music and DVDs and I really liked it you know what I mean I yeah. think when I retire uh, you will go back to that job I'd love to buy a licence a trade licence and do stuff like that you know what I mean like just buy in and sell buy in and sell because it's it's interesting you know what I mean yeah. like it's uh, it's fun like you're dealing with the public and you're an affable fella like you get on with people yeah thanks Joe but I'm not I'm not that good business minded I need I need a good I need a good agent behind me now too uh, I'm not good with the I like I'm good with people socially um, very, very much so. Yeah, yeah, yeah but <laughs> but uh, I I often question someone if they have to say I'm good with people socially. <laughs> but I go home need, and I'm cry like, when I'm on my own. I'm like Joe. I'm like yeah. I'm, <laughs> I am good with people socially. No, you are though. No, but you are. Come on. Yeah. You, oh you, yeah, you, yeah. You, thanks, you, thanks. You. So that's it. So I enjoyed up there in chapters. I could have done that forever, and but then I said, look, I just. But then I just started getting more gigs. How far are we into start from your first gig now? Like how how many years have you worked while doing comedy at the same time? Oh, I'd say uh, until you actually go full time. Yeah, yeah, two, four, five, five years. Like five years. Five years. You, 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 you're yeah. working and doing stand up. I mean, realistically, people say how long when they say how long have you been doing stand up? My my first comedy gig was in would have been ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah. 2000 with you Joe that was like right, so that's yeah. like so what you're looking 14 years but really that was just a one off thing you know I know what, what I mean? you mean it's a trying thing it's not like people always go like other comedians oh you were doing it back then I, I didn't even know you weren't taking it seriously it was just uh, you know what I mean it was I like know a what you mean. jump I mean I did that as well where I did it for a while but you're not doing many gigs and then maybe for a year or two I didn't do much at all yeah, and then exactly. went back to it again yeah because yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had to go from being a double act with Paul Tylock to mm. then doing stand up which was almost like starting again yeah because yeah. you, know, you were being myself being myself instead of a character mm, mm. so what year then uh, would you say when you were professionally it was, it was your soul 2000 and 2008 2008 I'd say yeah because that's I had a one year contract with the Smurfit School of Business and uh, didn't take me back. <laughs> so that was being the services officer. The services, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was, and then that was. So then I and did you and I saved up to the UK much? Uh, no, no, and I still haven't. Mm. Uh, did Edinburgh? You so, did your own yeah, show in Edinburgh. Did, did two 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 solo shows in Edinburgh. How was that for you? Fine. Uh, the first show was well received, and I wish I didn't go back the second year because I just didn't have the show ready. Do you know, I was kind of going. I, I was going exactly back for the sake of it. Yeah, I did that with Patrick. Said, me and oh, Patrick did a show and yeah, it got yeah. brilliant reviews, mm, mm. sold out and everything. And uh, we went back second year. We weren't ready, and gee, Patrick's mother died in the middle of the run, weekend yeah. of the run. So it was, yeah, uh, it was terrible. But uh, yeah, but so where, is that when you joined? 
Did you join up with Lisa Richards agency around then or No, I no. joined maybe joined up with Lisa Richards in two thousand and eleven. Oh, so I was full so time on were, my own, like so I was going for three years on my own. Three years on your own. Yeah. Just doing all that. Yeah, full exactly. Time. Yeah, yeah. Doing any acting or uh, voiceovers? Just doing Ireland and uh, just stand up. A bit of this kind of just uh, a bit of modelling, but it wasn't like uh, commercial modelling. You know, ex lads in the background of ads. Like, there's not an ad that oh, I haven't uh, done. Oh, not featured. Uh, sorry, what is it? Uh, it's when you're in an ad, but you have in a speaking role. Is that correct? Oh, like yeah, I, like a lad, like uh, just standing like a whiskey ad. I was standing in the background in a bar like you know yeah. all those I've, I've like done an every, extra basically. yeah an extra exactly you know, yeah. so I'd, I'd probably do like maybe one of them a week you know, you know yeah. one every two weeks Vodafone I'd a, I was an extra in a Vodafone ad where I was a builder and they obviously wrong casted me because when I turned up to the ad like they didn't you know like I looked like somebody who never done a day's work in my life sure that's how I got spar ads for those reasons do you know what I mean like so yeah. it was a uh, and is that how is that where you doing the, the spar ad uh, you were you with an agency then, or you just I was with uh, assets, model assets. But but mm. you uh, got you were an extra in that ad, mm. but you stood out. Isn't it? it's amazing, isn't it? Like yeah, that yeah, you, yeah. How did that happen? First of uh, all, you you did an ad with exactly, them where yeah. you were a kind of a cornflake box. It would turn up the cor- <laughs> not kind of cornflake box, but it was the one when I had to turn the cornflake box upside down. Yeah. So yeah, there, there was, was a big triangle of. Boxes mm, was it mm. or food? That's it, yeah. It like was a the, tree. It was the spar sign. Spar sign. Uh, in in the shape made out of all the spar products. Yeah. So and it was kind of being held up by each other, each product. Yeah. And so was, and then the joke was that I'd take the cornflake box out and the whole thing would fall apart, but it was fine. I put it but back it didn't. in. Yeah. But when that ad was being shot, was that planned, or were you just happened to be there and you did it, or did that? No, I think uh, I that think I had it. Yeah, I you think, had that. Yeah, I had part. that. I had that. I had that bit at the end because I do. Yeah, I do remember like uh, uh, doing the casting first, right? And having to, uh, you know, like uh, take a, <laughs> a tin of beans and let it fall on yeah. my face. Yeah, uh, but so. still, this is a an ad that could have been just an ad, and that'd be the end of it. But it yeah. just seemed to mm. if the way you just did that caught on didn't it people got to know people knew you yeah yeah there's no line in it or anything but it was just yeah it was I, yeah. I'm sorry I was very lucky to get those ads because not and those ads specifically because as, as ads go you know what I mean like I, I some of the ads I can't stand I find them so yeah as ads go it was so. a likeable ad it was a likeable you were ad. a likeable person yeah, exactly and it wasn't you, overdone you it wasn't underdone it was just done right it was what it was like yeah and uh, and then and then like a kind of a campaign came from that the next year you know what I mean like there was, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was four got, more ads yeah so so, so yeah but that I'm really that did change your career didn't it I don't know no it's hard to know uh, it definitely helped my career yeah it, it definitely helped my career and if I couldn't have done Edinburgh without it financially you know how, how expensive it is uh, and it's uh, it definitely yeah it did help me. And I know because to the extent of if if, if there's two comedians beside each other and they're just as funny as each other uh, and, you know, one of them has to get onto a, a TV interview, uh, they'll take the guy from the spa rant. Do mm. you know what I mean? Outside of his talent. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Stuff like that. He just, it's it's true association. Yeah. So, so, yeah, it was, and it helped me as well. You know what I mean? Uh, a lot of, do you know what's you know kind of funny now? Like, because uh, the ads are like, they're, they're like, they're done now. Like, they haven't, they see over a year now. They've, yeah. They've been out, but it's uh, 
when they started, like uh, some people would always say, these ads are going to ruin you. They're going to ruin mm. you. You're going to be. They're going to be. Well, typecasted. You know what I mean? They're going to. Uh, 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 they're going to. Uh, you know, it'll be hard to get work outside of it. Yeah. Or be even be uh, your individual Frank Cook on stage when you walk on, and everyone just sees the guy from the ad. But uh, but I embrace the far ads. You know what I mean? I never mm. ignored them. I never tried to uh, uh, not associate myself with them. Uh, and as I said, I was, I was lucky to get them. You know, I, I've uh, had that with uh, me and Patrick went to Edinburgh and we called our show Further Tech. Yeah, I remember. And people yeah. said to us, oh, you're mad. You're, mm. People will hate you for doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you're just obviously linking it. Fa- but we were both in Father Ted mm. and we packed it out. It yeah, it's brilliant. And then once mm. people come in, they realise we're not just doing those characters. We're not just those characters. Yeah, we're exactly. able to do stand up. So. It, no, know, it's anything to get people in mm, and to, mm. to help people remember who you are. Yeah, yeah. And if you're no good, it's not going to work. But if you're a gr- good comedian... Yeah, exactly. Once they see you, then they... Look after, look after the jokes and yeah, other yeah. things look after themselves. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Like, and it's... Uh, so, but now I'm at the other stage uh, where the ads are done and like it's kind of going, oh, they kind of really helped you. Mm. And they did help me. Mm. They did help me. But at the same time, I had what to, other TV have you done then as well as oh that? I was on the I was on a kid show called uh, uh, Watch Your Language and that never really took mm. off you know what I mean I, was, I felt a bit displaced and I was just crazy professor I was a kid show like an RT when they go okay professor what's the score and then it would go to me and I'm like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like we did a lot of post stuff you know because the kids would be like what is going on with this lad <laughs> why is he even in the studio is this guy part of this <laughs> <laughs> really? Was, yeah, yeah. Straight, but you know, I'm you happy. You just put a, a sound of kids enjoying themselves. Yeah. Afterwards, <laughs> <laughs> edited out to crying, and uh, but it was, but you know, there was a sense of you know, and it's something that I've uh, had to uh, fight with, you know, because I'm so kind of physical and uh, like I'm not an offensive comedian at all. You know what I mean? Like no. I've no, I've you know, and I do have a filter system. You know what I mean? I've definitely said things I shouldn't have said on stage by accident. You know. And, all that kind of stuff but uh, you know there was always that kind of uh, like Brie Cannon a lovely lady goes oh, I think she felt I was quite physical and uh, a bit wild it'd be good for kids TV yeah. you know keeping that energy up because I'm yeah. so high octane yeah. but uh, I wasn't mm. I wasn't but uh, oh, I think it would, if it was the right thing I yeah exactly yeah yeah. Work. yeah. And, but you've done you've Savage Eye right you've done I did Savage Eye I was yeah. on the cafe the cafe uh, that was the, the cafe interview program. Yeah, do you remember? On RTE, said it was like the most nosiest cafe ever because you'd have a, you'd have an interview in the middle and then you'd have everyone just standing around listening. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's most, <laughs> no one even no one even talking like just listening into the interview the chat going on right in the center of the cafe like yeah. So I was on that when I was I did a DVD recorded in Vic Street and I was on that promoting it. Jack Charlton was on the same pro- show and uh, the magician fella. Um, what's that Irish magician? What's his name? Jack Jack White. No, no, no. The the other fella. You know he's huge. Oh, Keith, Keith Barry. Keith, Keith Barry, Keith Barry yeah, didn't yeah. like me. I don't think because I said something. He said he brought out a DVD about, and it was teaching people how to do magic. And then they mm. said, "What about your DVD?" And I said, "Oh, it's teaching people how to do comedy or whatever." Yeah. Trying to make <laughs> yeah. a joke of it, but he. Yeah. Anyway, but you remember that band, The Republic of Loose? Yeah, yeah. They were on at the end. Yeah. I'd never seen them before, and they were amazing. And I was watching them, and then I turned around. It's like Jack Charlton, Keith Barry, all the guests were just chatting away, and I'm going, "It's The Republic yeah. of Loose." Yeah, yeah. It's weird that mm. you'd have a band on, and and then they just chat while they're on. 
Uh, yeah. So you did all those. You did the, did the cafe. Savage Eye as well, where Savage you did Eye. Michael Jackson, didn't you do? On oh, I did. Eye, yeah, it was the really Christmas. <laughs> it was the Christmas entertainment for the Christmas special in yeah. Savage Eye. Very yeah. funny sketch. Yeah. And, but uh, what you're doing now, I think it's amazing that you're doing Vicar Street. I don't think it's amazing that you're doing Vicar Street, but I mean, <laughs> I think it's it's hard to fill Vicar Street. I don't know if you know. It's it's not easy. Yeah. And, completely, uh, yeah. Without a big TV presence it's mm, really it's much mm, harder so mm, you've got like mm. you must have your own following you must have a a, a following or a yeah. name out there purely from doing live I think so from I definitely do quality live gigs but it, it all kind of helped each other do you know yeah. I mean I wouldn't have got a lot of the gigs to get that following if I didn't get such TV as well and mm. uh, but I, I don't know I, def, I don't know if I got that much of a following but I've uh, like I do every year I do a show like Every year one show, good. and it's not. Okay, it's probably in Wheeland, uh last two years, and then Vicar yeah. Street. This is my second Vicar Street, but That's it's, uh, it's yeah, it's uh, it's really hard to fill. I mean, yeah. I did a few Vicar Streets, but right now I couldn't fill. Uh, I couldn't fill. Just well, this stairs. is my mine. Mine's <laughs> not mine. I, my, you know, what, okay. my, my Vicar Street, my Vicar Street show, like it's kind of uh, this Friday as well. Like the tickets are okay. You know what I mean? Like you're selling. Quite up, it's not going to sell out. It's not going to sell out. Well, it's hard to sell it out. And there used to be a time when you could go on the late late show, and if you did a good late late show, you could sell out Vicar Street. But that's that. Those days are gone. Mm, late mm. late show isn't as big a show anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's hard to get one TV slot that will. Mm, well, yeah. you know, it would sell three or four hundred tickets just from one. Slot. Yeah, yeah. That just doesn't happen mm. anymore. So it's yeah, it is tough. I'm so fair play, you know. Ah, good thanks, stuff. thanks, Joe. You're doing good. Good. Well, then the first time, you know, you, Joe, like it's, you, you, you're one of the good ones, and like there's a good few good ones out there. But you know, my first time on the Vicar Street stage was with you playing keyboards. Oh right, yeah, with, we did uh, a song with Roddy Mick and Junior. Do you remember that? Yes. And I, 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 I want to do more of that because it was so funny. Like we should do more. Just uh, we? yeah, it was hilarious. We had this, we had this thing. Uh, I just loved the politics. Like I was your son, and you were the dad, but you were the yeah. showbiz. Everyone there was there to see you, and I was this younger lad trying to play. Like something you're giving. I was trying to play cars. Who's going to drive you home? All right, and I came yeah. out here. Was it exactly? Would you get back to fucking get back to playing? We had a song. Uh, you, just, you wrote a song, the song about a, a car. She's not taxed. She's, she's not, not insured. She's, she's covered in manure. She's, she's an old one, but she never lets me down. down. <laughs> wind. Sorry, I didn't. The harmony that you put me off. Cool. <laughs> Was her window was broke, but you still got a bit of pork. She's the, the only, only girl to take me into town. town. When I first said eyes on her, it was she down was down in, in Mickey Moore's. Uh, she was something, <laughs> and she broke her radius. Yeah. <laughs> like you said <laughs> that she was sound, so I but he'd driven her into the ground, <laughs> and he'd advertised her in the local, local trailer. <laughs> Fantastic! How about playing that 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 uh, uh, wankers song? Oh yeah, that's no, good. I can't remember most of it, but the chorus. We used to we. This is a song that we worked on and never played live. No, we never played live. And I'm oh yeah. Mm. Say a prayer. No, save a thought for the wankers. Say a prayer for them too Cause if you and I argue and fall out of love We'll be wankers too Beautiful, Joe. 
sorry, I was a bit, I was a bit late coming in on the chords. I so. yeah, I was trying to remember the tune. So don't worry about that. Do you want to do a song of your own just to finish up? Yeah, yeah. A million, I'll give you an exclusive as well. So Patrick's Day coming up. Is yeah, this Patrick's Day. Song about Patrick's Day. I haven't mm. formed this yet, so hopefully, hopefully it works. Mm. Paddy's Day It's an Irish-given Saturday Paddy's Day Let's you know the leaving search's not far away Yeah <laughs> Paddy's Day was made for you and me Dead and rid of snakes for Christianity Playing pool and gambling and drinking all day Riding fecking drinking it's the Catholic way <laughs> Yeah Woo <laughs> It is the Catholic way Come on So wear your green, white and orange Republic colours we boast Just like your neighbours on the Ivory Coast Everybody let that new Celtic tiger roar all of a sentence there, like, this is such a new song, wait, I'll... I'll. So once no you've been a Sunday Mass, well, you've nothing to lose. Stand and kneel and pray and then you go on the booze. Tequila and orange, even vodka and coke. For the sake of Michael Collins, you could scab a green smoke. Yeah! The parade... Same old guarded cars and fire brigades. Separate, sit on a bar stool, Jesus made. Taurus walking, talking, always get in your way. It might as well be called Massey Ferguson Day. There's not a float that you haven't seen. Last dressed up as the Simpsons to that feckin' frozen queen. Cause Patty's Day brings that time of year When people dress in green full of emerald cheer So don't be embarrassed, you're not a dork If in March you sing fairy tale of New York You've sang Galway Girl yeah. Is it? Oh wait, you. I'll just fill in. You've been a wild rover, thank God we go. Put them under pressure, it's a crazy world. Same old songs all day long. Singing Sweet Home Connemara, I'll sing along. Hey, look, the Empire State Building, it's all green. It must be Paddy's Day. <laughs> hey, look, look. The, the, the Eiffel Tower, it's, it's all green. It must be Paddy's Day. <laughs> hey, look, it's the, it's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Feckin' Turtles. It must be Paddy's Day. How a bungiocht. Brilliant. Fred Cook, thanks a million for coming in. Thank you so much. And, uh, and happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. <laughs> hey!
Fred Cook. We had a, that was a really good chat. I really enjoyed that. Um, if you're listening to this on Monday, the. 16th. Uh, Fred will already have done his gig in Vicker Street. Uh, if you're living in the US of A, I'm going to be in the Improv in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, tonight, the 16th. And on the 17th, Patrick's Day, I'll be in the Village Underground in Manhattan. And on the 20th of March, I will be in Ramblin' House in the Bronx. And I fly back Saturday night. On Sunday, I come back in the morning. And on Monday, I... I'm going to, okay, not Monday, not Monday, on Tuesday, let's make it Tuesday, I am going to get my prostate checked. I'm going to do it, I said it, so I have to do it. Goodbye. Listen, if you're always running to the bathroom and sometimes just can't make it, we need to talk. You're not alone. I was just like you until I spoke to an expert physician about Axonix therapy. It changed everything. It didn't just give me bladder control. It gave me my life back. Axonix therapy is not another drug. It's just a tiny device you barely have to think about. And it can give you real lasting relief. You can even try it out first to make sure it works for you. Just take the first step. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. It's time to get your life back. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonix therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com.